Yo, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and silly little girls out there, welcome to another fantastic episode of the Arch of Her Newer Girl podcast. I am your host, Heath Armstrong, and I am pumped up, I am smiling, I am fist pumping that you are here listening to this show today, so thank you very much Whoever you are, wherever you may be, whatever you may be creating, whoever you may be creating with, whoever you may be carving this beautiful life that we love around, it is infectious. Keep moving forward. Keep doing the impossible because soon enough, you'll be able to see that this can actually become your life. We are what we think about, right? We are what we think about. If you envision it, it will be. It will be. Just keep on chugging along. I'm really, really happy to bring on somebody on the financial side of things because I think that a lot of us get so entailed in our artwork or our creative side that we don't pay enough attention to the financials. And the financials really could be just as important as all the other stuff. Now, I I am a huge, huge, huge fan of the Muse and all of the creative goodness that can come from it. And I do believe that if you put all your heart and soul into something amazing, that talent, that creativity that you have, it can blossom into something fantastic. But you've got to have a financial side as well. You can't live off bread and water just laying in the street somewhere with your pants down. You got to be able to support yourself. If you have a family, you have to be able to support your family. And I've got on Evelyn Ivy today, and what she does is literally, she's a lifestyle entrepreneurship coach, so she helps people build their businesses or the creative businesses around the lifestyle that they want. Uh, She makes it so that your business can be scalable. She teaches you how to make money in the little things and the big things. And we're going to get into a lot of cool different topics And it's a very interesting conversation. We're going to get into the difference between regular business, lifestyle business, uh, the trends of becoming creative in the workplace and how we're seeing companies move from the traditional corporate monster, you know, rape job BS to, to the more interactive style businesses, how people are becoming more aware of where they need to be in life or where they want to be and starting to mold their businesses around it. And we're also going to talk about the common problems you see with people and their finances and and ways to get out of the debt and, and ways to scale your business and steps that you can take to go from being in the hole and feeling sort of suffocated to coming out on top and fist pumping and being meant to relaxed and being a baller and a champion that you all are out there. So, I am so, so happy that you are all here today with me once again. If you have taken the time to leave me an iTunes review, I really, 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 really appreciate it. It helps push the show to larger audiences, and that's what I'm trying to do. Recently, I submitted an application to the World Domination Summit, and it's for one of those life scholarships, and I'm trying to take this show on the road. So, I want to be able to connect my actual creative guests with groups of children and let them learn these different avenues of creativity as they're young. That was a really fun process. They had this like 15 question form they wanted us to fill out and turn in. I created a standing website instead with a 30 or 40 minute video on why I want to do this. I've already got commits, a lot of them from the show already, and I would start locally and then kind of push from there. So I really, really, really just 
want to stress to everybody out there that this scares me to do this. It's it's super scary. It's an obstacle that's in my way, but that's why I'm going after it. And if you have anything out there that's scaring you and is standing in your way and you think that it's some big obstacle, that is the way that you need to go. That is the way that you actually have to go. You've got to conquer that fear. You've got you've got to be a champion. Otherwise, you'll succumb to it. You'll you'll just kind of bow down your whole life. You'll convince yourself that you're not good enough to do it, so then you won't be good enough to do it. But if you convince yourself and just take the plunge, I promise you, it'll be glorious on the other side and the amount of doors that it can open up, it's insane. So hopefully that'll pull through for us and we'll be able to get this little shindig ooh, on the road. Also, if you all want, uh, if you didn't hit the last episode with Kent Sanders, I highly suggest it. It's pretty awesome. We went over 20 plus ways to make more time to create, more time to do all these things that you love. And there's an actual free download you can get. If you go to artsynow.com forward slash 91 download, and I put this big PDF together for you, it's pretty cool. So check that out. Also, if you want the new five free audio series that I put together on how I prioritize my life and basically step-by-step what I do to make sure that I get all these amazing things done that I'm accomplishing from your vision board to your daily tasks to visualizing and putting the priorities first in life. We cover some pretty cool stuff and it's this this process that I literally created for myself and it has been working and taking my productivity to a whole new level. If you want to get that for free, you can do that if you go to artsynow.com forward slash vision. So that's artsynow.com forward slash vision. And you can grab that one there. With that being said, I'm going to jump right in here with Evelyn Ivy. Again, thank you everybody who has left me a review on iTunes. I really appreciate it. And here we go. All the show notes, artsynow.com forward slash 92. Come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that stickity stickity riggity diggity beat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, here we go now. Who wants to get a little bit funky out there? Who wants to get a little creative out there, huh? Yeah. Which one of you wants to get a little bit artsy now? Well, I do. I do. Well, then get on with your bad selves. Yeah. If your silly little ears hang low, you better wobble them straight to the front and pay attention to the money train advice that you're about to receive. If you want that cheddar cheese and create the life that you love, well, you got to believe that you can model your business and lifestyle to make it happen. And my guest today is here to teach all you silly little boys and all you silly little girls just how to do that. She is the author of The Lifestyle Entrepreneurship, a CPA's perspective, and the founder of LifestyleCPA.com, a skidamarinkity dinkity dink, a skidamarinkity doo Evelyn Ivy, you are the wiggity wackity entrepreneur now. What is going on? Hi. Um. <laughs> okay. I, th- I thought you hung up there for a second. Okay. <laughs> 
how this show if I was supposed to come in and introduce myself or if I'm supposed to wait. Okay. No, yeah, no, you're good. Yeah, Eve- <laughs> Evelyn, I'm so pumped that you're on the show. Uh, that intro throws a lot of people off. Um, you, what, what I really like about you and one of the reasons that we have you on is that you've kind of created this life uh, being like a lifestyle entrepreneurship, which we'll get into what that is here in a second. But you deal with like the financial end of people yeah. and how they can take a life of maybe, say, suffocation or traditional feeling trapped with their finances and not being able to create that life that they love with the freedom that they want and then actually helping them make that transition to get to that point. And I think a lot of my audience members feel that same way as I do. And I've actually had to bring on like coaches and mentors to be able to sit down, look at my finances and kind of visualize where I want to go and then make the logical steps to get from that first point to to where we want to get in the future, obviously. And so I'm pumped that you're on to share all that. And if you want to start out, I'd like to just get to know you a little bit and in, in your background and how you kind of did this. Now, did you make, I guess you weren't always in that position. You sort of created this type of lifestyle for yourself, correct? Yes. Uh, yes. I've always wanted, I mean, even when I had a job, yeah. it was hard for me to hold a job down for more than three years because I have to do something different. You know, I always <laughs> like different. I like to grow. Yeah. And it just, a job, a nine to five was just never for me. I, I was never cut out for that kind of lifestyle. And so the last lifestyle entrepreneurship thing, it was more like, okay, it's not, I'm not a lazy person. I work hard, yeah. but at the same time, I need the freedom to do what I need to do with my time. So that's where the concept all came from is I need my freedom, but yet I also need money to finance my freedom. So I, um, I actually started out just doing some consultant work. So I decided, okay, I'm going to go out on my own and I started consulting for people. And I started out with having like three big clients, clients who paid me a lot of money. And then when I lost one of the clients, I realized that, hey, this is not going to work out. <laughs> you know, I need something more study where I have clients coming in and pulling out because if I lose one client and I have three, that's feel. like one third of my income. So that's where the whole concept of last all entrepreneurship started, where I can, the whole point is you have to have a solid marketing base where you have a steady stream, a steady pipeline of clients, and you need to know how to reap the numbers, manage your metrics, look at them, and know how to plan based according to that. Um, when you start out on the lifestyle business, you can't always have it your way. You know, we're not Burger King here. I mean, you always, <laughs> you have to, <laughs> you, you have to, I mean, you, I mean, obviously when you start, you have to start small. And you have to start small, and then you also have to start my my um my um phone was buzzing, so it kind of distracted me. <laughs> you have to start small and then build gradually. So um, the best way to start, and the the way I started was obviously you had to cut. I had to cut back on my lifestyle, and then as I gradually as my um, income increased, I put that back into my business. What what kind and of things it, did you do to to cut back on the lifestyle? Well, your cost of living is one. Yeah. Um, I live in Springfield, Illinois, so that's you know it's easier than say if I live in like if I was in New York City or somewhere bigger than that. So in Springfield, where I stay, one of the things you can do is move to a place with a low cost of living. So that's one of the things I did. I moved to Springfield. I was living in Chicago. I moved to Springfield, and then you know I I bought a condo which is not as expensive here. And, you know, by locking my, um, that the way I see when you buy, 
in if you stay in a, in a place like Springfield where the cost of living is lower than other places is it's better to buy in small towns like this. It doesn't always work out in bigger cities, but in small towns like this, it's better to buy because you luck in your rent. So my when I pay mortgage, I see that as me paying rent for the bank <laughs> for using the place. And the best part of it is when I sell this place, is the bank is going to give me back my money for <laughs> for the rent. It's the way I see it. So it's, it, oh, it works out better in little cities like this, but in bigger cities, the math might not always work out. So it's about looking, like I said, about looking at the numbers and knowing what makes sense financially. Having a budget, like I say, a budget is telling your money where to go rather than rather than your money telling you where you need to go. So I've always been a very financially savvy person. And so, you know, as my business grows, then I can do more things with my lifestyle. You know, I travel, I'm able to travel, I'm able to do things, have vacation, have, you know, go on long vacations because now I can financially afford it. But it's not always been that way. I have to gradually build up to that. Yeah. Well, what's, so, that, that's a pretty question. awesome transition to make, though. I mean, that's yeah. exactly how I look at things that I want to accomplish, right? I want to be able to be location independent all the time where I can make money doing things that I love through the internet or working with people that are in my network all over the world and be able to have that security of knowing that, Hey, you know, maybe I have this condo in this small town in the United States I can go back to. Maybe you can rent it out to somebody while you're not there. Um, but, but really the Mm -hmm. budgeting thing for me has been huge because I've been able to sit down this year and not making any more money than I have in the last few years. Right. And start eliminating all these little pieces of the puzzle that I've been spending money on, like, you know, eating out at restaurants or going to concerts excessively Mm -hmm. because I have a a obsession for that (laughs) and things like that to where I actually sat down and I decided to make a spreadsheet and I was going to say, okay, every time I make a decision to, to use money for anything, I'm going to question myself as in, is this absolutely necessary? And if it's not pass it up and then take that money and, and put it towards my savings. Right. And within like the first three months, I've already gotten to about $5,800, which is huge for me because I'd never had savings before at all. And mm. it also opens your eyes to think like, wow, this is this is a lot of money that I could have saved in the past, but instead I was out you know, blowing it carelessly or whatever you may be spending stuff on. So I was definitely curious to hear what kind of lifestyle changes you made in the beginning. And that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's amazing what your mind can do when you put your mind to it. And, you know, when you start having a saving thing, see your savings account grow and it's like, man, I want to save more. And you become even more conscious. (laughs) Yes, it is. You're like, you become more conscious. Like, okay, I want to put more in there. I'm not going to spend it because I like to see that account grow. And um, one of the things that my clients thank me for is like telling them to have a savings. So like, thank you. Because I had that savings. I was able to do so and so and so this year, which I would not be able to do if that savings was not there. Or because I had that savings, I was able to say no to so and so clients, which normally I'll take and grudgingly take the work because I needed it. But now with me having the savings behind me, I'm like, I don't need to take it because I don't really need the money right now. And so it's helped them expand their mind to say, you know what, I can really do what I need to do to grow my business because now I have that savings as a cushion. If things don't work out, I'm not going to fall flat on the floor because I have the savings to fall back on. So it's a very, it's the very, if you're going to grow financially, the very basic you really need to do is you need to have a savings that can help you, you know? Yeah. Do you because, actually, do you, do you recommend having a savings, like an automatic deduction go into some kind of uh, fund that can actually compound or, 
or what is your method on doing that? I mean, do you, do you save towards your future self or do you also have, you know, just savings accounts for emergency funds in the background? I have multiple accounts. I have my emergency funds where if something goes wrong, that is there for that. I also have a savings account for my travel fund. So if I'm planning a vacation or something, that's where that's a good idea. So, and then I have my automated fund where it's actually going into an automated investment where I see that growing over time. And then I have a just because savings. (laughs) So, So I do have multiple savings. And because I find out that when I see it actually forces, helps me save more because if I have a goal for one account, for some reason, I'm more motivated if it's in two accounts than if it's in one account. I don't say it works like that for everybody, but for me, I just find out it works better for me. It works better for me yeah. too. I've got I've got two or three of them as well. But what I'm moving into now is actually like separating it out even farther and saying, okay, the travel fund thing's brilliant because I'm going to start doing that now that you mentioned it. But uh, here's a here's a fund just for my gas, and here's a fund just for my car. Right. And then when gas prices can skyrocket in the future again, I've got that cushion of money to make up for for the difference of paying two dollars a gallon to four dollars a gallon when it goes back up. And just little things like that. I mean, that might not be the best example, but you can you can branch out more and more. And and when you have all these like these savings accounts in place for when you need to spend money, then all of a sudden it doesn't feel like you're getting reamed when you're spending your money on these little emergencies that pop up, right? Or like if you have to get new brakes or rotors, you've got this account. So it doesn't really feel like you're taking a kick to the stomach like it normally would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're very correct. So that's pretty awesome. So what do you think some of the main, other than the freedom that you have, what do you think some of the main benefits of, of the, this kind of lifestyle are? Um, what, what makes you smile at night when you think about it? It's just the freedom I enjoy, the freedom I know I can do what I need to do. I'm not tied down to um, a schedule, yeah. you know. What I mean, you- yes, I work hard, but, you know, it's just I can plan my time the way I need it planned, not the way someone else tells me I need to plan my time. Yeah, and if you want to if you want to sneak away and go on a nice long vacation, you can. And so, like, you're teaching other people how to do this as well. What do you think some of the best, like, turnouts or stories that you've seen from that have been? What I focus on is the finances. And I think the place I help people the most is just learning how to feel freedom in their business. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, um, one of the clients I worked with last year was able to, you know, build a very solid base of income where now they're planning for growth because before you even start planning for growth, you really need to have those foundations in place because when you're growing, you have to be very focused on one thing. And if you don't have a baseline, you can bounce off off. What's going to happen is you'll be scared to take those steps. So one of the things I recommend is, first of all, start with the savings. If you're good with that, if you know how to do that, just work hard, save, and then we can use that money and make other plans because that's what I focus on. My business. It's your business. And whatever you want to do in your personal life, that's your personal life. But I show you how you can make the money in your business so you can now take the money out of your business and do what you need to do in your personal life. So is and then now. With that client, what I'm doing now is we're planning and structuring and how we can branch out and do other things that will take him to a whole other level. Do you think this is becoming more of a trend as more and more creativity starts to take over the workplace and companies are starting to shift more into that kind of a mindset? I think it's a trend because 
people, big business is going to start outsourcing. People are not going to have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to have to be entrepreneurs and they don't know how to manage that. So how do, okay, now I'm a freelancer, I'm a, con- a consultant. Like, how do I manage that? So they need help. You know, yes, I can get the work, but how do I manage my income? So when I don't have income, I can actually survive because when you, when you start out, income is not going to be consistent. It took me a while to have a consistent income flow stream because it took planning. It took, you know, but when you start out, it's hard to get that. You don't start out with $100,000 in the bank. That does not happen. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so if it was, everybody was doing it, right? And so it's knowing how to get there and knowing how to plan your money and your time so you can get there. Obviously, the more money you have, the more choices you have. And, and if you're spending, if you're taking everything out of your business and you're not saving anything or investing anything back in it, you always find yourself coming back to the same place, never growing. So you cannot work just to make enough money to earn a living. That's not going to be good enough because you're never going to grow. You have to work more than you need so you can take what you need for your lifestyle, which in the beginning should be very small. And then as your business grows, you can gradually increase your lifestyle. But I don't suggest that you start with okay, I'm going to have a mansion on Beverly Hills, and you know, <laughs> come on. <laughs> so unless you have a special skill nobody else has, then yes, you can do that. But you know, but for the most part, you start small and you grow gradually. If you know how to manage your finances, you can see that step growing. I mean, you just have to know how to read the numbers and knowing. I mean, if you had a budget, if you plan, you make projections, you can see where the pit holes are. You, you can see, okay, you know what. I'm projecting two months from now, this is what I'm planning because based on my marketing, this is what I plan is going to happen. Well, if this is all that's going to happen, I don't have enough to cover this much. I need to plan something differently. I need to think, you know, because what I'm planning right now is not going to work based on what I'm planning. So by making projections, doing budgets, you can actually see what's coming up because 99% of the things that happen to us can actually be planned. It's only that 1% that we cannot plan for. But for the most part, we can pretty much plan for most things that happen to us in life if we're smart, if we're wise. So, yeah. And so the just, idea is like remove to, – to build a business in a, such a way that you can actually remove yourself from the situation for a period of time and it will still run efficiently and grow, right? Mm-hmm. That's correct, yes. Which, I mean, that's a dream. I mean, that's something that everybody would strive for, I, I would guess, if you're smart. And there's a problem – I guess when it comes down to like – I used to do a lot of freelance website work and there's really no – there's no wraparound benefit to that. You know, you get yourself into these projects, but there's nothing that's going to come in the future. And it's very erratic. You don't know if you're going to get a project after that or not. And it's really hard to, to mm-hmm. grow off that. Um, so I've been more of a fan of like these, these news trends to so like monthly reoccurring services or packages uh, such as that, because th- that flexibility of being able to go from not knowing what's over the horizon to saying, okay, I have this many people. I know this is how much is going to come in next month. If this many people drop out, I need to target to try to get this many more people on. And I don't know. It just seems like more of a safety factor.
it, and it takes planning too, because obviously you have to find out what works. Because I can't say this is like this is the step that works. Everybody would have something differently that works for them. So it's trial and error. The yeah. key is knowing how to package your services or products and knowing how to sell it. Because people will buy what they want. If you speak to people, they will buy from you. So you can't you can't package your service in a way that you think people will want. You have to package in a way that people actually want. Because people will spend money on what things they want, not the things you think they should want. So it's all about knowing what you want and getting there and knowing what your customers want is what takes the time. What are and the, then, some of the techniques yeah. that you use to figure that out? Yeah, I just write. I'm one of my, my biggest marketing strategies, con- content marketing. I just write and get feedback from people. I get feedback from my client. And basically I use that feedback to kind of, kind of um, fine tune what I do. So, so asking people to take an action, right? So, but yeah. That's, so if that's you how. produce content, let's say, let's say you're creating a video or something on a, on a post and you want somebody to actually like, I've seen, I've seen a high success rate with people who actually ask you throughout the video, Hey, you know, buy this, or this is why you need it. This is why you should buy it. And it seems like it makes conversion rates go up. Um, it's kind of, it makes perfect sense though. Right. So. Yeah. Because obviously if you're showing someone, this is what you, I mean, this is how it's done. They can interact with what you're doing versus you just saying, you know, if, when you speak to people, they respond. So if what you're saying or what you, it doesn't even have to be a video, it could be a post. If what you're saying is speaking to them, they will respond to you. And, you know, basically, depending on what you're selling, it might take more time for them to respond. They might respond right away. But the point is, you just got to keep putting information out there. And the right, you know, eventually you're going to reach out to the right people. So that's, that's what I, that's what I spend a lot of my time doing. It's just content marketing. And I, I do create a lot of content and, um, and it does draw people. I mean, so far it's been pretty successful. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of content marketing. I've seen lots of different people create very successful businesses off the basis of content marketing and just giving giving and creating content for people to absorb and learn from because you build that trust with them, right? Yeah. And then they're more likely to to trust yeah. you and your products when they come out or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think about and this is something that you may not have anything to do with, but for me, I've found that it's been very much a, a financial step up for for me to start minimizing and simplifying my life a little bit more. And so I really have been drawing back on the amount of possessions that I own because obviously it costs more money uh, to keep all these things around when you don't really ever use them maybe but once a year. And that could be anything from you know extra clothes or furniture or I've got a bunch of animals running around the house that seem to make a mess on anything that we own. So the less stuff we have, it seems like it's easier to clean. But from like a business perspective, uh, does that work? Like, does that correlate there as well? I mean, if you take a business and you have just all sorts of clutter um, or asset, I I guess I don't want to use the word assets because that's a good, it could be a good thing to have assets, but possessions for a business and not enough margin to create, uh, do you ever go through and minimize anything? Yes. I mean, one of the things I look at when I do financial statement is your expense should be able to, for every expense you have, you should be able to tell me what does it do to your revenue? Every expense you either have, to, an expense has two functions. It either goes to increase your revenue or it reduces your cost. Mm-hmm. If it's not meeting one of the two, then it's not needed in your business. 
So you have to go one of and one of the things you should do is um, you have to do a value added analysis in your business. Every business should do that. So in other words, what you do is you take every service, every unit of service or products you sell and say, how does this give value to my customers? You take it and you break it down to its smaller cost parts. And then you say, oh, well, this is how I give value. This cost is not relevant to my customer because by doing this, I have this additional cost, but yet my customer is not even happy with it. They don't even know it exists. So if I remove it and reduce my cost, my customers will still be happy and I'll have a lesser cost. So you have to always constantly look at your cost structure and see how is this providing value to my customers? That's number one, because obviously to succeed, you need customers. And then if it's not providing value, then you need to look at, you know, kind of getting rid of that cost. So that's that's something that should be done on an ongoing basis, because sometimes it's very easy for you to take on an expense because there's always something, always someone always comes, hey, pay $300 a month and I'll give you 500 customers. And then you forget to cancel it after the free trial is over. <laughs> and then that cost is there and it's going on in your accounts. So I'm like, hey, take a look at this. You know, is this doing anything for you? It might have worked before, but is this still effective? So you always have to look at that expense revenue analysis to see what's the relationship. Is my expense related to my revenue? If it's not, then it needs to go. Yeah. What, what do you think like some of the most common issues you see with people that you help are? The biggest thing is subscriptions. It's very easy to you know subscribe to something because you need it that one time and then you don't need it again. Because I mean, I'll, I deal with mostly online businesses. So if that's the biggest thing for them is just the, the subscription or, you know, buying, you know, info products. So, okay, you buy this info product and it's sitting down there or you didn't use it or <laughs> you're going to know about it when you download it and then you don't touch it ever. So those are the big things that I see as far as um, online businesses go. But as far as my, I do have a couple of local businesses I work with. It's to just buy things because it's on sale and it just sits down there and they just collect inventory and, you know, they thought it, they were going to sell it, but then it didn't happen and they're just not paying attention to what they're doing. But it's the, it's just they, the basic, the bottom line is people think it's a good deal and they go for it and then do nothing with it. That's, that's the biggest, biggest issue I see. Yeah. It's kind of like New Year's resolutions, right? They make a big hype about it, and then within seven days, everybody's quit already. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. There's something about that fear. I mean, we we all have it in us and that energy to strive to do what we love, but there's just that that fear blocker there that it just handicaps so many people, and it's so sad to see. I mean, it's really horrific if you think about the amount of people that literally will live a life that they feel like they're suffocating almost, or they feel like they never really got out there and did what they wanted to do, but they felt trapped and they never had the chance to do it. When in reality, you can get out there and do everything that you love. You just have to take that step every single day. I mean, 100%. Like if you if you could give any advice on why everybody should fight for their passion and go after it, what do you think it would be? Because it's worth it in the end. Because That's I mean- all that if, matters, right? If you think about it, five years from now, you're either still doing what you're doing today or you actually better off. In the end, it's worth it. Just the, is it, are you are you worth the extra effort you're putting in today? Just yeah. ask yourself that question. Yeah. And when I talk to like my grandmother, she's 92, right? And she tells me all these things like I just 
I just wish I would have done more. I wish that I didn't have all this stuff in my house that I don't need. Like she starts thinking about stuff that it's like, okay, don't worry about that right now. But you can tell deep inside that, you know, at 92 years old, she really, really, really regrets not getting out and doing more and traveling more and things like that. And now that the time is, is getting close to ending, uh, you can't change it then, right? No, you can't. It's too late. I mean, I mean, you only have one shot at it. So I, yeah. I can't, yeah. I can't stress to people enough. Like everybody gets put in these tough situations. Everybody has to deal with life, right? We all have to get out there and figure out a way to make money and survive. I mean, most of us, unless you're just, you know, a trust fund baby or something. But still, with that, you're going to have your struggles. Yeah, and I just think that there's not enough people out there that that understand that it is 100% possible. So I'm, I'm really humbled and gratified to be able to connect with people like you who are out there showing people that it can be done because I'm in the transition myself. I mean, that's the whole reason I started this show is so that I could bring people on here and, and we could teach others how it can be done. And while I kind of work my way through the system as well. And so it's just, it's a lot of fun to do this and connect and learn new things for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, Evelyn, I have to ask you, if you had to battle Godzilla, how do you think you would use your creativity or your talents to defeat that big, crazy bastard? Well, <laughs> I have to think about um, I, If he, he will listen and sit down, I will tell him the cost of his destruction. <laughs> <laughs> and say, so, you know, by doing this, if you destroy this, this is what it's going to cost you. But if you actually thought about it, and if you let me help you, maybe I can show you how to turn that cost into your benefit. <laughs> I know that's silly, but... Hey, that's problem solving right there, right? Finding somebody, <laughs> finding a need and serving a value. Yeah. Yeah, so you... Yeah. I mean, you do a lot of teaching with entrepreneurship and accounting and things like that. Do you have any particular favorites as far as like softwares go? Like I messed around with Wave App recently and I've done a little bit in QuickBooks. Like, do you have any uh, in particular that you would suggest people try to get in and use so that they can actually see what they're spending in front of their faces and actually keep a good balance sheet and really dictate where all their money is going? First of all, I love QuickBooks, but that's because I've been using it for a long time. However, I can see from the perspective of someone who has not, who doesn't have my background, it could be very overwhelming because of all the options you have. So I think Wave is pretty good. It's free too. So it's actually a free way and a good way to get started. And, you know, as you get bigger, you probably want to look at something like QuickBooks or, you know, something more, something like QuickBooks that will actually is more comprehensive and actually does more and keeps track of more accounts and has more reports. Damn, is that Godzilla? <laughs> he heard the interview yeah. and he's wanting some, he's wanting some, he's wanting some advice. <laughs> Probably like, Hey, how do I do that? <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, cool. I'm always looking at things. I, I've tried to use wave app, but I, I'll tell you when I get in there and start looking at the finances, my head, I'm just like, and then I, my head just explodes, and then I'm back to square one. Where I'm, I, for some reason, I'm better at memorizing what I have going on in my finances than I am actually using one of those softwares. But I know they could be super powerful if I could just take the time to get it set up and running in the correct way. And obviously, that's something. Well, maybe that, 
someone to hold your hands because I know like my clients when they come to me they're very overwhelmed yeah. but when I hold their hands through it and they see it they're like oh okay I get it now it's not as bad okay <laughs> so. yeah maybe maybe uh down here in Kentucky though we there's not a lot of people that 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 can read that kind of stuff so I I get stuck <laughs> there's no help <laughs> virtual so I work with people all over so yeah, I actually had a call with a girl in Chicago recently. Her name is Sarah Van Loon, and she was pretty cool, and she helped walk me through some of the wave stuff. But I had a big mess the way my finances were scheduled. With I had two side businesses plus my day job plus expense accounts for my day job, and I was running all these through like the same credit cards and like trying to figure out what I owed where, and that, that was a disaster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just had a client like that, and I'm like, you better not do this again. <laughs> I know, right? So now I've got everything going on like different cards so I could see, you know, exactly yeah. what I'm spending. But I was like all into, I'm going to put as much stuff on this one card as possible so I can get this 50,000 bonus points, you know, for for airline miles or something. And that's all great. I mean, I guess you just have to pick your poison. And if you do it that way, you can, the actual accounting of money can actually be done. If you have good books, you could probably pull that off. But the problem is if you're not keeping good records, then it becomes a nightmare. Yeah, for me, it was more like on January 15th, I'm like going through every single bank transaction I had for my business, trying to figure out which ones I spent where and putting together my tax sheet. (laughs) That is not recommended. No, not at all. For anybody out there, don't don't listen to me on that. That's why I'm having amazing people like Evelyn on to teach us how to do it the right way. And so I'm really pumped that you were able to come on the show today, and I and I appreciate it. If you if you could spend a little bit of time, Evelyn, creating something with anybody from the past or present, it doesn't have to necessarily be financial based. Who do you think you would choose, and what would you create? Well, I choose create something with like. See. And it can't be Justin Bieber. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> I will. Um, it's actually my dream to have an empire. <laughs> so nice. I'm I'm working on that gradually, you know, having banks, real estate, feelings. I mean, right, I mean it's a gradual process. So um if I could have um, you know, like Warren Buffett on my yeah. advising, I'll be great. <laughs> so <laughs> so have but I know help you create an empire. That sounds amazing. And I'll get there eventually. I know it's a process. So I'm just going through the process. <laughs> I heard a contest earlier. I was listening to the Tim Ferriss show. They were talking about how, you know, Richard Branson, they're doing some kind of contest you can sign up for now, where if you win, you actually get to go down to his island for a week and get mentored by him and Tim Ferriss and some other greats. And I think that would just be unbelievable to pull that off. Like, awesome. uh, I'm not sure what the criteria is for entering, but that would be pretty sweet to win something like that. And of course, yeah. with Warren Buffett as well. That'll be awesome. Do you have any favorite resources or books or anything that you love that you think would be of of value to the audience? Um, I read a lot. the The, the finance and books I read are very technical, so I can't really um, recommend that. But I will recommend. Well. There's the the book that actually got me started. I know probably everybody has read, and which by now it's probably not as um, 
popular as it is, was reached out for that. That's the I read that years ago, and it got my mind going. <laughs> and then what I was it called? Reached out for that. Oh yeah, Bo- yeah. So I know everybody has read that, and um, I have not read it yet, but I've had several people yeah. talk about how it changed their life. It's not now that I go back and reading like. You know, I don't know what, but actually got my mind going the first time I read that. But now it's like, uh, oh, well, I guess it was for then, but not for now. Um, I, um, let's see, what else would I recommend? Uh, as I read very technical stuff, so I can't really recommend that because they'll just be like, this is way over my head. Um, let's see. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you never know. Uh, well, I can't really re- recommend accounting journals and finance journals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, I'll tell you what, I, I sure as hell wouldn't be reading it. <laughs> but there's a reason for that. You know, there's. I'm glad that there are people like you who do do that because otherwise we'd all be lost in a big black hole of finances. <laughs> well, um, you know, what else? What have I read lately? Well, what, what, where can a... I know you have some good resources on your website and things like that, and you do some good blog posts. So where can our listeners find you or, or get in contact with you and follow what you're doing? It's lifestylecpa.com. Sorry, you cut out there. Lifestylecpa.com, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then your book, you want to talk about that for a minute? Yes. It, you can actually go to my website. There's a link on the menu that takes you to where you can get the book on my website. So. It's about little steps. I mean, people who have read the book gave me feedback that it's very, very practical and they really like it. It's a very easy read. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a great way to see, okay, you know, how do I get started? How can I structure my business in such a way where eventually it doesn't need me anymore? I can actually walk away and my business still exists. I think it's a great resource for anyone who is in that position of, I'm just starting out. Where do I go from here? Yeah, and that's what we all would love to get to, right? I mean, ideally, that that's the goal. Uh, so you can you cannot worry about those evil stress gremlins while you back away from the business and you're gone for a little bit and know that it's going to run smoothly and that there's a cushion there. So, mm-hmm. cool. All right, Evelyn. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I'm so pumped. You got me all pumped up to go like check out my savings accounts and see if I can... <laughs> put anything more in there and it's so true when you talked about once you start putting it in and seeing it growing how much more addicting it becomes to do even more right and it's like okay well what about this money like can i put this in there too and is it going to screw me over my bills but you just put it in there and forget about it and it's kind of the same principle as like going and blowing it at a restaurant then you forget about it right except it's going somewhere that's going to help build that platform for you to be a champion in the future and create that life that you love so I want everybody out there to do some fist pumps, do a boogie woogie, you know, put your put your two fists up and go open up your savings accounts, start saving money because that that's going to be a that's going to be a platform for you and Evelyn, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, really learned a lot from our conversation and I hope that you had as much fun as I did and yeah. maybe we can have you on again in the future when you write your next book and we can dive into that as well. Thank you. So do something crazy. Don't forget that and break the rules, but first break the rulers. And Evelyn, thank you so much for being the Archapreneur now. And always remember to keep it so, so, so funky.
Thank you for listening to another episode of The Arch of Her Newer Now. For all the show notes, it's artsynow.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, email me at create at artsynow.com or on Twitter at HB underscore Armstrong. The music? Well, that's shaky feeling. Check them out. Ventura, California. Ta-ta! Keep it funky.